This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. And all of you, I do have a word from the Lord. Uh, their verse is found in Numbers chapter 13. And I'm going to read these verses and then a verse out of Deuteronomy, and they'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. But Numbers 13 says, And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites or the Hittites, and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and the Shilites had hit records, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And then Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21, New Living says, Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you based on your anniversary theme. It's been 40 years of faith and courage. Say that with me. It's been 40 years, come on, of faith and courage. Father, I need you right now to help me, to speak through me to this people and those that are watching all over the world. I thank you for my wife and my family, and the local church that you have placed me in, the churches that are connected to me. I represent all of them now, but more importantly, I stand in your place in your stead, for we are in Christ's stead, beseeching men to be reconciled to God. Thank you for this opportunity. Speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we all knew that with this theme entering into the promise that we would be extracting some of this week's content from the Exodus story, the wilderness journey of the children of Israel. We have heard from the lead pastor, our leader, Pastor Tom Duchelle, that the, this whole week is about the corporate move of God. Actually, the entire word of God, especially prophetically, always dealt in the scriptures with a corporate move of God. God would speak to a nation. God would speak to groups of people. And God was concerned about everybody collectively and together. Matter of fact, when he put the church together, he placed every member in the body as it pleased him. So each one of you are strategic. Each one of you are important because you're not the head. You can't say you're not of the body because you're the foot, you're not the hand. You can't say you're not of the body. Every one of you are strategically placed in the body by God himself. What excited me about this is that I knew where I was going when I got the theme. I was headed to Zimbabwe. I was going to Harare to the Celebration Church for the 40th anniversary celebration of the church called Celebration here in Harare. And for that, we ought to give God some praise. 
I said to myself as I reflected, as I thought about it, I know the two qualities that God expected the children of Israel to manifest during their 40-year journey. Then I said that I know that those same two qualities have dominated the move of God in this journey of this local church, this corporate body here in Zimbabwe for 40 years. What are those two qualities? They are faith and courage. Say it, faith and courage. There's a verse in Deuteronomy where Moses is rehearsing Israel's journey and he explains what happened when he led them down to the Jordan the first time. In Deuteronomy 121, it says, look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. You see it? Basically, don't fear or have faith and courage. You might remember Joshua chapter 1 when they got back to this same place some 40 years later. Joshua, and we heard it today, said the same thing. Joshua 1, 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, is with you wherever you go. Faith and courage appear to be the secret ingredient to possessing what God has promised. But there's an emphasis tonight. I want to put an emphasis on courage courage what makes the eagle soar courage what makes the lion roar courage what do they have that some of you don't have courage be strong and of a good courage what is courage let me define it courage is mental and moral strength to venture persevere and withstand danger, fear, and difficulty. What this means is that on the journey, hold on now, whether it be one year or 40 years, there'll be times when there'll be doubt and possible discouragement. There will be times where there'll be some fears and times when your courage will be put to the test. I'm just glad that I know that God is the promise keeper. He will not allow us to be tempted above that we're able. According to Jeremiah, he knows what he's doing even when we can't see it. One reason that I chose to relate Israel's journey to our gathering this week is the pattern for the local church is found in the Exodus, in the 40-year journey of Israel. People say the church started in eighty thirty-three. If you read the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse number 38, you find these words. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai. The church was in the wilderness. God made choice of a people out of a people. It's called the ecclesia, the called out ones, those chosen by God to God in the, through the person of Jesus Christ. Take a look at the people that God chose to use. <laughs> this was the church. They were enslaved and impoverished people. A people dominated by the principalities and the powers of the world. 
God chooses, and he does this regularly, even to the day. He chooses the unqualified, and he promises them a future and a hope. Oh, if you think about where you come from, you think about what you've been through, you think about what you didn't have, when you think about the hopelessness and the despair that you saw even in the lives of some of those people, even as we opened the service tonight and heard those testimonies and what was so beautiful as they were given their testimonies, I knew two or three of them and I said, that's my boy. I know him. I see him. They're doing good, but they once were lost and now they're found. They were blind, but now they see. If that's anybody's testimony in here right now, just take a praise break for a moment and tell the Lord thank you. <laughs> Sounds just like us, doesn't it? Children of Israel, a gifted and hardworking people who are chosen of God, yet with very little resources. Like Dr. Asa said today, but when they came out, that's where you got to love your enemies because it was the people of Egypt that gave them everything they would need to have a tabernacle and to worship and to do all of those things that they needed to have. And thank you for that revelation. When I share it again, I will say the Lord spoke to me and said. <laughs> they had no control over government policy. They were living in a world bent on breaking us and destroying the faith that they would have in Yahweh, God. So then, when I think about what you guys have accomplished here in Zim, with very little resources, no control over government policy, living as dual citizens, operating as a kingdom within a kingdom, I would say that you are much like the children of Israel in our text. I have taught here in the past that whenever God delivers a people, he delivers them with a promise. But keep in mind, every promise has a problem. Between the promise and what is promised is something called a wilderness. A wilderness. What was in the children of Israel, or what was it that the children of Israel would need to navigate the problem before possessing the promise? And now we get to our text. 40 years of faith and courage. Courage. What makes the lion roar? Courage. What makes the eagle soar? Courage. What do they have that some of us don't have? courage. I want to stop right here on your 40th anniversary and say something that hopefully will make sense for you by the time I'm done. What if I were to tell you that after all, after all that you've already been able to accomplish and it's been much as a local church and after all that God has done for you and through you as a corporate body of Christ here in Zimbabwe. What if I were to say to you that after all you've done for the rest of the world, as a matter of fact, that this may all just have been a test and a rehearsal for the promises yet to come? What, what if I were to tell you that this is just a rehearsal, that this is just a, the test, that this is just preparation for what God ultimately wants you to do, ultimately wants you to possess, 
ultimately wants you to conquer, ultimately, ultimately wants you to, to, to own. The number 40, of course, symbolizes a period of testing, trial, and then finally triumph. And whether it be 40 days like Jesus or 40 years like Israel or like you guys in ministry, the test comes to make us more spiritually aware of who our God is and more aware of our need for God himself. God is weaning us off of prophets and weaning us off of personalities and weaning us off of influencers and, and people who seek to control and lord over God's heritage. He's weaning us off of them and he's connecting us to him. It is God. I will see Jesus. It is God himself that wants to be your provider, that wants to be your helper, that wants to be your healer. It is God himself. And what we need is a direct line to God and Christ made it possible when he shed his blood once for all on the mercy seat. Now we can come boldly unto the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Come on, we can come to him now individually. How many of you are glad this is not a group plan? How many of you are glad that just because your neighbor don't want to go, you can go? Just because your neighbor don't want to do right, you can do right. He's made it possible for all who would believed as many as received him to them he's given power for you to become the sons of God and as his children he's promised to provide for you and to care for you we know what a wilderness is like between the promise and the possession there's a barren trek of land incapable of sustaining human life God puts us and takes us through something that is not capable of taking care of you itself God puts us in situations to where we must depend upon him it's a desert it's a place where God does everything for you a place of monogism where God does everything where God does all the miracles as Taz said and where God has to sustain us and where we can't do nothing without him our wilderness is simply preparation for us to enter into our promise into the land of promised things that are to come so God now works with us in the promised land. He, 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 he sustains us uh, in, the, in the wilderness. But in the promised land, we're brought into a place where um, God now needs us to participate. In the wilderness, God showed up and people moved. They saw the miracle. That's God. Let's go. When they entered the promise, they showed up and then God moved. Yeah, you don't get it. And, and the promise, they were to place their feet wherever they, God would give it to them, but they had to get up and go. In order to do that, you had to have faith and courage. Tom, think about these past, listen to me, Pastor Dushale and Bonnie, these past 40 years and how many people died in the wilderness. They died in the wilderness because they lacked faith and courage. The, the only way you don't die during the test is if you walk by faith and have courage. I learned from Pastor Taz this morning, Hebrews 3, verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that what? believe not so we see that they could not enter in why 
because why of unbelief so they couldn't enter in because of unbelief i heard pastor tom and bonnie in my years coming here encouraging you over and over again to believe in you now let me fix that for you not put faith in you but to believe in yourself that God can take nobody and make somebody out of them. Come on, this is that place. From the flats of Mabari to seated with him in heavenly places. Come on, from the mud huts of the plains to become a part of a corporate move of God. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's what God does. He takes nobodies and he makes somebodies out of them. Let me explain further. We all know that we walk by faith, right? And not by sight. Sometimes what we see in the natural is what gets us in trouble. The spies, we know it, went into the land to spy it out. They came back and said, hey, it's just like God said. All 12 of them. But look at what they saw. They saw grapes, huge grapes. They saw stuff like they had never seen before. Uh, the, the, the lamb was flowing with milk and honey, just like God said. And then, well, at least 10 of the spies started looking further and started talking about what else they saw. They said, but there are also people there, and, and they're powerful. And, and, and we, the cities are fortified and, and the terrain is, is it's hard to maneuver and, and it's hard to navigate. And we also saw uh, uh, Goliath's cousins, uh, the, the, the giants the, in the land, Goliath's kinfolk, is, it, it, the Anax there. They actually named four things that they saw that were keeping them and that would keep them from entering into the promise. Number one, they saw the people. And they were afraid of the people. Number two, they saw the giants. And they were afraid of the giants. Number three, they saw the walled cities. The fortified cities, including Jericho. And then number four, he said, the land eats up the people. What's the problem here? I know you see it. They were focusing on what they saw rather than on what God had said. How many times... Have we focused on what we can see and not realize if you cross over into the New Testament that the things that are seen are just temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Come on, how many of you have found out when you cross over that we walk by faith and not by sight, that we cannot be moved simply by what we see. We must be moved by what we've heard. One word from the Lord can cancel any assignment of the enemy. One word from God can make you run through troops and leap over walls one word from God have faith in God what God said he is well able to bring it to pass for he is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent have he not said it shall he not make it good have he not spoken it and shall he not bring it to pass how many of you have seen things come to pass in your life against all odds there was no way it could happen there was no way it was possible there was no way getting ahead of myself because what God said has got to be greater than what we see. Deuteronomy 6.23, but he brought us out from there to bring us in and to give us the land he promised on oath to our ancestors. God did not bring us out 
Listen, this is powerful. Just to spend 40 years in the wilderness watching him display his glory, his might, and his power. He didn't bring them out of the world so that they can see him do his thing. God did not bring us out of the world into a wilderness just to talk about what's ahead and to talk about what could be and to talk about what's possible and to talk about the promise. God didn't send Pastor Tom to Zimbabwe so that you can know that you can survive a wilderness and a civil war and all the things you've been through in this country. 40 years ago, God started this ministry and has brought us out, the text says, to bring us in and to give us what he has promised us. I'm preaching better than you're looking at me. To give us something that we might possess something, not talk about it, be about it. Not talk about where you're going, but go where you're going. Get there and wherever you place your feet. By faith, with courage, it'll be yours. God started this ministry, and here's my message to you. 40 years ago, and it has not been easy. You've been through hell and high order. I've come to announce to you, listen carefully, listen, that you should be ready now to enter into the promise and to conquer whatever and whoever God has left in the land. No more excuses. It's not the people. It's not the land. It's not the giants. It's not the fortified cities. It's a lack of faith and courage that will keep you from possessing what's promised. We cannot let our wilderness stop us from possessing what God has promised. Matter of fact, if the wilderness, think with me, couldn't stop you for 40 years, what's ahead of you will be no match for you. Come on, I'm like David. Look back and say, if it had not been for the Lord, if God has brought you from 40 years ago to this moment, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, you ought to realize that whatever is ahead of you, you've got proof in the pudding. Whatever is ahead of you, you've already seen the hand of God. Whatever is ahead of you, if God can do this, God can do that. And what God will do is predicated on what he's already done. And if he's already blessed you, if he's already healed you, if he's already delivered you, if he's already fought for you, if you already had your spirits broken off of you, family curses broken off of you, if he's already employed you, empowered you, if he's already given you what you never dreamed you can have, if he's already allowed you to go places you never dreamed you can go, what's ahead of you is just a piece of cake because the same God that did it then is the same God that will do it now and forever. Somebody throw your head back and shout in here. Don't let it stop you from possessing what God has promised you. Remember, you had nothing when you started this ministry. Every time I see those videos and I see the bearded Thomas Duchelle looking into the eyes of young, orphaned, and sick children, celebration, you have something to work with now. You didn't have anything then. Look at where you sit tonight. Take a look around you. Look at your own lives. Take a look within. What you've been through has made you stronger, 
wiser, better, not bitter. No one, many of you, never thought this would be possible. I know there were many of you that drove by and walked by and hung off of buses, passing Swan, passing this building, and never thought that they would accept you, receive you. You knew people that attended here, but you never thought you would be a part of a move like this. How many of you can testify? You didn't think because you didn't have this, you were nobody. Nobody knew who you were, but you slipped away and wandered through these doors. You walked that long ceremonial aisle. You hung up out there in the balcony. You were like Taz, the last one here and the first one to leave. You were there and then one day God got a hold of you and here you are now accepted in the beloved. I need about 55 people to give God some praise right there. Accepted. It wasn't the walls, y'all. It wasn't the people. It wasn't the giants or the terrain that was keeping them from entering in. It was their unbelief and their lack of courage. The Bible records that Caleb and Joshua, though, had another spirit. They had a spirit of faith and courage. Numbers 13.30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we are, and we can certainly do it. We, we're well able, the King James says. We, we got this. There's no, there's no excuse that you can give uh, that can keep you from possessing what God has promised. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you're from, care what you don't have. You have no excuse. The only excuse, that was their excuse, but the only excuse God gave was lack of faith and courage, a lack of an ability to just get up and try. You'll never fail if you don't try. Just bust a move. David consulted the Lord and said, should I pursue? He said, go ahead and get your stuff. You're going to recover it all without fail. What if God were to speak to you? Should I pursue? Yes, because it's yours. You do know that there were 12 spies, right? We only know two by name. Why do you think that's so? Why do you think nobody knows who the other 10 spies were? You know why? Nobody remembers doubters' names. Even as we have journeyed these 40 years, there were those, Tom, among us who doubted this was possible, doubted it would last, doubted this facility would ever be complete, doubted your marriage would stay together in Africa, doubted you'd be able to maintain it once it was built. Think about it. Nobody knows the doubters' names because we don't celebrate doubters. We don't remember doubters. We celebrate and remember the people of faith. You don't get it. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, Gideon. By faith, Barak. By faith, Jephthah. By faith, David. By faith, Samuel. By faith, Tom Dutchell. By faith, Celebration Church. By faith, we celebrate them by faith. It's the hall of faith, not doubt. It was by faith. And it is by faith then that we remember and we celebrate. You know why we don't remember those names either? Because remember, they died in the wilderness. The process killed them. 
celebration. I'm here to help you. So I got to let you know that we won't make it if we have a grasshopper mentality. You got to see yourself the way God sees you. Numbers 11, 1333. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We, see, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Don't you know that how you see yourself determines how the enemy sees you? That's why sometimes you have to encourage yourself, and you got to talk to yourself. Pastor Tom was so, you got to listen to these principles. He, when fear comes in or doubt or something happens, he immediately goes to the word of God and begins to decree and to declare who he is and what the reality of the situation is. You see, there's facts and there's truth. See, the fact is that there are many afflictions, but the truth is the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. Come on, the facts say that there's an illness and a sickness in your body, but truth says by stripes. Come on, I am healed. You got to begin to say to yourself what God says about you. That's true humility. Aligning yourself with what God says about you and claiming who you are in Christ. It's not pride, it's humility because you're accepting God's announcement about who you are and God's declaration about who you are. I am somebody. I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am a true believer. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. Come on, I am God's righteous one. I am the anointed of the Lord. I am. I'm just agreeing with what God says I am and I am what I am by the grace of almighty God. I am who God says I am. So watch this. This is about to get good. Here's my punchline. They said we are in our sight as grasshoppers. Notice, if you look at that in context, and you look at the tense and the, the word in the original, our sight. Even if I feel like a grasshopper right now, I can't see the others around me as grasshoppers. You don't get it. Tom and Bonnie, I got news for you. I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first? Good news is that God's not through with you yet. Right? The bad news is this is all you got to work with. And honestly, better you than me. <laughs> it's only bad news if we see others as grasshoppers. It's only bad news. I've talked to Pastor Tom, and he's a good shepherd, and he sees the potential in everybody. He sees the potential in the people that God has placed into his care. So we don't know who's in this room. Didn't you hear the testimonies tonight? Didn't you hear people how long they've been here, 40, 35 years, people who came in off the street, people who came in in 40 years. Here's what Tom saw when y'all started coming. Over 40 years, he's seen doctors and lawyers and bankers rise up in the midst of this congregation, scholars and teachers and pastors. Come on, y'all. Uh, uh, the, 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 the next this and the next that. He sees you and he sees your potential. He doesn't 
see you as grasshoppers. He sees you possessing what God has promised. I think about all the times that Pastor Tom and Bonnie said to you over the 40 years that we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to possess this and we're going to possess that. We're going to build this and we're going to build that. Tom didn't see y'all as grasshoppers. You can't build this with grasshoppers. He saw psalmists and administrators and entrepreneurs and missionaries and greeters, ushers, deacons, elders, parking attendants, security, groundskeepers, academy workers. Come on. He saw kids in the academy. He saw it. He saw it. He didn't see grasshoppers. He saw ministry workers. He saw people that he could equip for the work of the ministry. I can relate because I know in the United States of America, I've never had enough money. I've never had enough resources. I've never had enough people, enough anything. But the word of God was greater than anything that I ever saw. And in the wilderness, you depended totally on God. And now you ought to be ready for what's next. All you need is continued faith and courage. For 40 years, it's been faith and courage. Courage. What makes the eagle soar? Courage. What makes the lion roar? Courage. What do they have that some of us don't have? Courage. It's our courage that's literally under attack right now. See, the devil is trying to discourage us and to make us fearful of the times. I love, Tom, your presentation and, and the way you exhort your people not to fear. Don't be afraid. That's what gave, God gave me this message because it's, it's faith and courage. Courage, remember, is the ability to try so that faith can kick in. Yeah, courage allows you to get up and to do something. Uh-huh. To demonstrate you have faith. It's our faith and our courage that's under attack right now. But in particular, our courage. I close with this. It's a powerful story. Hope you get it. There's a billionaire, they said, in Texas. Oh, he was so rich he couldn't stand himself. Oh, my God. He had more money than Zimbabwe has potholes. I'm just saying. And he had all of these apprentices. He had all these people. He was a Christian billionaire. And everybody always admired his faith. Oh, if I had the faith of Bob. Oh, if I had the faith of Bob. Oh, Bob has had faith. And they figured that everything Bob had was by faith. So they were all pursuing Bob because of his faith. So he called a meeting and had all of his apprentices come in into Texas, the oil company, the oil country. He owned the oil company. And they all came in and they were at his house. And he began to size them all up. And there was one that stuck out, one that stuck out. His faith stood out above others. He can tell there was something special about him. And so uh, Bob said, hey, look here, I have a pool. I usually take all of my guests to a pool for a purpose. Let's go down to the pool and we'll all take a swim. He gets down to the pool and it's an Olympic pool as long as this sanctuary is. And in the pool are crocodiles. Crocodiles from one end to the other. Crocodiles from one side to the other. And Bob turns around and he says, yeah, faith is good. 
But the one quality that I seem to esteem high above others is courage. <laughs> Bob says, you think I got all of this by faith, but courage is a virtue that we all should have. And I know you probably heard it. It's, it's the word around the country, really, that if anybody I bring here would dive into that pool and swim from one end to the other in the midst of those crocodiles, I will personally, immediately write them a check for $1 million. It was quiet, and they turned and began to walk back, and then they heard a splash. Pow! And just like he thought, it was that one guy with faith. He, he was in the pool, swimming, crocodiles on his heels, crocodiles chopping at his head. He was almost walking on the water. He was kicking them off of him. He was swimming through. He wrestled a couple. He swam. He swam. He was like Mark Smith. He was like in the Olympics. He was just swimming, swimming. He got all the way to the other end and came up out of the water. And Bob said, I have never seen courage like that in a man before in my life. He said, listen, here's my checkbook. I'll write you this check right now. I need to write this to you right now. This is amazing. He said, wait a minute, Bob. That ain't what I need to be doing right now. I'm not concerned about that. I, I want to know who pushed me in. Come on, talk to me here. I want to know who pushed me in. Sometimes you just need somebody to push you in. Every now and then you just need somebody to give you a shove. Every now and then you need somebody to come along and say, you can do it. You can do it. Go ahead and give it a try. All you need is some courage. Every now and then I've come all the way from Jacksonville to push you in. I've come all the way from the United States of America to say, get in there. You can do it. Don't be afraid about what you see. God's got you. God will take care of you. God's on your side. Somebody throw your head back. Reach way down and shout in here. I'm pushing you. I came here to push you. I came to push you. God pushed Pastor Tom on a plane 44 years ago. Pushed him through civil war. Pushed him through oppression, pushed him many times through fatigue and loneliness, pushed him through barrenness and every trial. And God sent me to remind you that for 40 years, it's been faith and courage. And I've come to push you, push you in to the thing that you may fear the most so that your faith can kick in. Because a virtue greater even than faith in order to accomplish and to possess what God has promised is something called courage. Without faith, you're not even in the game. But with courage, you can conquer anything. So what makes the eagle soar? Courage. What makes the lion roar? And what do they have that we all must have? Courage. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. Come on like you mean it. Not for me, but for the Lord. Come on, 40 years of faith 
and courage. This is an invitation for everybody who at one time or another, at some time, during this calamic and calamic time, these last two years in particular, you got faint and you got weary. You got discouraged and disoriented and discombobulated and disjointed and you just diss everything. You felt alone. You felt abandoned. I just need, before I give an invitation to pray for some people, I need some people who will stop right here and give God some glory for keeping you. You didn't lose your mind. You didn't break. Come on, you didn't go crazy. Come on, if you had COVID, you kicked it. You got over it. You went through it. You're still here. You're alive. Come on, y'all. It, it was real. But in order to go forward, for whatever is next, you've had 40 years of training, 40 years of journey of trials, tests. You've learned to develop dependency upon God. You've seen the cloud by day, the fire by night. You've had the manna. Now God is calling us to go in and to possess what is promised us. When you enter in, there are going to be fortified walls. There are going to be people on those walls. There are going to be terrain that you're going to have to travel across. And there are going to be giants. But that's just what's seen. It's what's not seen that should motivate you that is eternal your purpose your promise you haven't seen it yet so in the meantime like david said i will yet praise i don't have it yet but i'm gonna give god some praise and i'm gonna thank him for it in advance thanks for listening for more teachings and videos visit celebrationmen.org